want to begin reading at the first verse. These are the writings of the awesome apostle Paul. He says, and our brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellence of speech and of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I am not, I'm determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Verse number five is where I want you to focus on today. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. I'm going to say it again, that your faith may not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. When the Lord laid this passage of scriptures on me some time ago, let me know that it's not my intellect that God is concerned with. It's not my uh, schooling that God is concerned with. But what God is concerned about is the faith that I have in him. Unfortunately, I came up in an era where uh, I lost the color of my skin and I, I was treated as if I had some contagious uh, disease. People would not touch me. They more or less talked about me instead of helped me. My mom at three years old took me to the hospitals all over the city of Detroit. And they put me under high intense radiation lights to try to toast me back to my original color. Unfortunately, when they put me under the lights, the lights were so hot that my skin began to blister. And they would pull me out when I couldn't take it no more and put oil and ointments all over my body and slide me back in. They took pictures of me every week to see if I was making any progress. But at the age of five, they said that nothing's changing. It just seemed to spread even more all over his body. There's no itching. There's no scratching. There's just no color in the skin. But 70 years ago, they didn't understand that. Well, I guess I told my age, didn't I? They didn't understand that. So my mom put cosmetic on me. And she put this call, uh, cosmetic called Covermark and uh, all over my face and told me, now don't touch your face. But it was an oil-based cosmetic. And with it being oil-based, it moved. It seemed like it just crept around all over me. But by the time I got to school, it was in my hair. It was all over my clothes. It was over the school books. It was over everything in the classroom. And the teachers were getting upset with me and they were arguing and pending notes to take to my mom every day that I am disfacing school property. And my mom said, I'm going to keep putting it on you because I want to calm you down and make you not so obvious to the people. And she kept every day, put the cosmetic on me and send me to school. By the time I got home, I didn't have any on. It was all over the school books. As a result, the teachers got together and the principal, and they told me that from now on, because your mom won't 
work with us and she won't uh, take this off of you from now on when you come to school and walk into the classroom when we hand out books you take your chair and go sit in the hall and so I sat in the hallway the first grade second third grade of my educational life as a result of sitting in the hallway I heard my fellow students reading in the classroom, come Dick said Jane, come see our new friend. I hope our new friends have boys. I never had the opportunity to sit down and let no one put their finger on a vowel and say this is a vowel and this is how you sound out a word. No one ever taught me. Then they said I was the Lexus, that I saw everything in reverse, and then I got a stigma to go throughout the rest of my school and as being ignorant, unteachable, and cannot learn. They brought me in with principals, and they told me, they said that you can't learn, you need to be in a special ed school. And I was ignorant and unlearned. My mom said, oh no, you're gonna learn, boy. She went out and bought the same book they was teaching in, in school. My mom's only problem she had that she wanted it to work so bad. She, on the way, every day, she took a pussy willy switch and the ironing cord and set it on the table and opened the book and said, read. But it didn't work that way because I couldn't read it. So as a result, every night, almost as a child, one night after another night, just getting whippings because I don't know how to sound out words and I don't know how to read. And even to this day, sometime when somebody said, read this, it sends a chill all through my body because it, of what I went through as a child. As a result, I ended up, went through school. I have never in my life, and somebody said, what are you doing up there? I don't know why I'm here. I'm just thankful I'm here. What are you doing up here? I'm never, Bishop, you know my life, you know my story. I've never in my life obtained a grade higher than a D except for art and in gym. I was a good artist and at citizenship, I was a good boy and I liked to play. But as a result, I went through school and they just said, keep passing him, let him stay with his own age group. And they passed me until I graduated. And when I graduated after 13 years of schooling, I sat on the side of the bed and unrolled my diploma and looked at it and couldn't even read two lines of it. I cried for 13 years I went to school, 13 years I walked through snow, there was no yellow buses for us. 13 years I went through with sickness and colds and flus, sat in classrooms and was inferior to everybody in there. But here I am now, 18 years old and can't go, to, go get a job, I can't go to college, I can't, can't do anything. I ended up, went to the army and in the army, Needless to say, without any rules, they, they called me every name they could think of. In fact, they made names up just for me. As a result of all of these things, I lost my self-esteem. I could not look at anyone in their faces. I dropped every time I saw you, I watched your shoes and not your face. Everywhere I went, I went with tears in my eyes. I got to the point I hid in crowds. I'll never forget my first day at Mason Temple. I drove all the way from Michigan. I got into Mason Temple. I enjoyed the shouting outside in the dust and in the dirt. Hear the guitars and the drums and the saints praising God. 
I sat on the back of the Mason Temple behind a column trying to see who was speaking on the podium because I was too ashamed to go up front. Many of you have seen me passing out voting papers and collecting papers. That was a test of my confidence of my faith that I have in God. To stand before people, I could not do this a few years ago, but I've been, the faith that I have in God has been multiplied so great that I thank him today that he had took me from behind the column and put me on the podium. I'm blessed. I left the army and I began with my problems. I started drinking. The devil said, kill yourself. Don't live. You don't nobody want you. Nobody love you. I sat up in a bar one night on a Sunday night. I sat there on 12th and Pingree in Detroit. Cognac and Coke in my hand playing my jazz somebody walked into the bar and put some money in the jukebox and it was Sam's Cook record and it said everybody say amen everybody say amen and I'm sitting I said wait a minute that's church music why are they playing and dancing in the bar off of church music and I began to think about my Sunday school classes and think about the purity class and Mother Whitehead and think about all of the teaching of Bishop John Seth Bailey and here I am sitting up in a bar. While I was sitting there, the tears came to my eyes and I got up off the bar stool on a Sunday night and I went to the church. When I got to church, I sat in the back like I used to do so I could easily get out before somebody messed with me or somebody asked me any question. I went in the back of the church and sat down. And while I was sitting there, the preacher got up, Elder James McCarty, and he threw out his hands like never before and said, Jesus said, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. And the tears began to fall down my face. And I said, Jesus, are you talking to me? And the Lord said, come. I said, but Lord, I've done so much wrong. He said, come. I said, Lord, I even got alcohol on my breath. He said, come. Hallelujah. And I stood up. And when I stood up, the tears began to flow from my eyes. And I felt the presence of God all around me. But I stood there devil said, you're going to mess up the service. I said, you messed up my life. I ought to be able to mess up one service. And I stepped out in the aisle, began to come down the aisle talking to Jesus. I've got a true testimony today. On my way down that aisle, I actually felt the weight of sin when it fell off of my shoulders. Hallelujah. By the time I got to the altar, my hands was lifted. Always kept my hands in my pocket because I didn't want nobody to see them. But I asked God to take a look at them. I asked him to wash me from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. I asked him to give me the anointing of God. I asked him to save me on that day, to wash me, to fill me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I cried and the Lord delivered me. That night the Lord saved me. The preacher said, come back tomorrow night at 7.30. We're going to have tarry service. I said, yes, sir. He said, don't eat nothing, Philip. I said, yes, sir. 
I fasted all day. I was at the church at seven o'clock. When they came to open the doors, I was standing at the door. Man, I was hungry. I was thirsty for the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. And while I was standing there, they came, unlocked the door, turned the heat on, turned the lights on, turned the mics on, but I didn't do anything but go to the altar. And I kept talking to God and I said, here I am. Here I am. You told me to come and here I am. I need you like never before. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. I don't know what time it was, but I know one thing. I gave up to God. And when I surrendered, I felt the most shiny old. I felt him when he came in and when he came in I got joy that's joy when the Holy Ghost comes the Holy Ghost does not come to save you but the Holy Ghost comes because you already saved because you've already confessed that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God and when the Holy Ghost come in joy come in Joy, come here. Lord, knock me out on the floor under the power of the Holy Ghost. When they dismissed service, they asked my wife, can you handle him? She says, I got him. They pushed me in the car like the officers do these bad boys on the street. They got me in the car and drove me to my little small income bungalow. I went up those steps. I go up halfway and stop and go about shot you. He The Lord anointed me. In the morning, I got up praising him. But one day, I went to the Youth Congress, and I bought a big Bible, real big Bible. And I said, Lord, if I get a bigger Bible, maybe I can read your word I can understand what you're saying I said because I love you so much I, I love you better than life I said Lord if I fall if I fall before I hit the ground before I utterly separate myself from you if I if, if, if sin come in will you do one thing for me I said Lord just take me before I fall because I can't live without you anybody feel today that you can't Anybody feel like you can't live without him? I can't live without him. And so I asked God, I said, Lord, I need to know if I got the Holy Ghost like they did on the day of Pentecost. I want to know if I got it that way. And I said, Lord, but I can't read. And I laid my face in my Bible and tears and cosmetic all over my pages. The tears were running down the seam of my pages. And I'm saying, God, I need to read your word. And I cried out to him out of an earnest heart. And the Lord spoke to me. I'll never forget it. It was on a Saturday morning. He said to me, it is not necessary now that you read my word. All I want you to do is praise my name. And I found out the answer to every one of my problems that I ever had in life, that I ever will have in life, is in the praise. If you can praise God in the midst of what you're going through, God will bring you out. The devil 
the devil think it not strange for you to praise God when God deliver you. But what confuses the devil is that how can you praise God with all that I have put on you? And you're still going through, but you're shouting. You don't have no money, but you're shouting. Cancer's in your body, but you're shouting. You've lost a loved one, but you're shouting. If you can but praise God, you can get through it. I'll tell you, you can get through it. Come out of the old shot. So while I was sitting there, I said, oh, praise your name. Oh, praise your name. Praise your name. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. Praise your name. Praise your name. I heard the Holy Ghost say, I couldn't read this. But the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is real. You can't buy it. You can't get it in the university. God gives it to you. It's a gift. Hallelujah. I couldn't read it, but the Holy Ghost is so real. And the Word of God is a live organism. And the two come together. And what I could not understand, God told down the, under, gave me the understanding of it. He said... When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place, all with one accord. When suddenly there came a sound from heaven, and it filled the place where they said they were dwelling in Jerusalem. He devout men from everywhere, from the north, from the south, from the east, and from the west. And oh, how they murmured of the amazement of these tongues. How they praised and blessed our Lord. Some folks say that ye men, you are drunk with new wine. But Brother Peter, given the authority, given authority of the Holy Ghost, said ye men, you're not drunk as ye suppose. But this is that which was spoken. By great prophet named Joel. In the last day, I shall pour out my spirit, said the Lord. I'll pour it on all flesh that is born. Then the young men, they shall have visions. Us older men will dream dreams as we walk hand in hand. Praising God for the victory. Looking to Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith. As we praise him, both morning, noon, and night. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise 
the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, I could not read that because I was too ignorant. But the wisdom of God is greater than the wisdom of man. And the weakness of God is stronger than man. Hallelujah. And so God bless me with the ability to take the word of God and hold it up even though I couldn't read. I said, oh, what shall I render to Jesus? What shall I render to him? My life, my joy, my all in all. Oh, what shall I render to him? I went all over the city of Detroit with my Bible. And they said, that's the man that can sing scriptures and he can't read. And I stand there and Bishop Bailey would say, go ahead, Philip. Yeah, come on, come on, Philip. We sing me one of them songs. Yes, sir, sir. And I get up and oh, shata, tika, shata. Hallelujah. And so here I was singing scriptures. Here I was unable to read. My father said, Philip, do you want a job? I said, yes, sir. He said, I've been at Ford Motor Company for 37 years and I've got something they call favor. He said, I will make out your application for you. Just go to gate two and say, I'm Jack's boy. And it'll all be made out. Just sign your name. I went to, to gate two on Miller Road and I said, I'm Jack's boy. And they grabbed me and pulled me in the back. Just sign your name right here. We know your problem. And they gave me a job at $2.67 an hour. I was sweeping floors and taking garbage out. I'm in the garbage can full of the Holy Ghost. Hey! Full of the I'm in the ocean now. I'm in the holy, I'm in the garbage can with the Holy Ghost. I'm singing, look where he brought me from in the garbage can. Hallelujah. But I give God all the praise. Somebody tell the Lord thank you. Come on, tell him thank you. And I found out if God give you a job sweeping floors, sweeping like Michelangelo, like he paint pictures, you ought to do the thing that God assigned you to do. And when you do it right, God will open up doors and pour you out a blessing that you don't even have room to receive. But you got to learn how to praise God wherever you are. Praise Him through your storm. Praise Him while you're going through. Say yeah! One day, the supervisor came by and said, Mr. Jackson, Mr. Jackson. I said, yes, sir. He said, you're always here on time. You've never been late. You, you never take a day off. He said, would you like to be a supervisor? I said, oh, no, 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 no. I wasn't mad at supervisors. I just knew I couldn't read. The devil said, you're going to lose the job you got if you do that. But when he walked away, the Holy Ghost said, who art thou? Two to the Who art thou to consider these things in all thy ways? Acknowledge him. He said, I'll direct your path. I jumped out the garbage can, ran down the aisle. I said, Mr. Bundy, what do I have to do? He said, all you got to do is 
take a test for two and a half hours from Ohio State University. I said, two and a half hours? He said, yes, reading, comprehending, algebra, geometry, and trig. I said, I said okay, put my name in. Put my name in. So when, I'm trying, I want to be obedient. When, when they put my name in, I didn't go to no library. I didn't get no encyclopedia. I couldn't read none of that stuff. So I went to pray in Bible band. Pray in Bible band. At the end of prayer and Bible band, they said, if anybody have any prayer requests, somebody stood up and said, I got an unspoken request. Somebody else said, I got an unspoken request. How many folk know that if you're in a boat, if you're in the boat in the middle of Lake Erie, your motor won't start, and you got a hole in the middle of the boat, you ain't got no unspoken request. That ain't no unspoken request. The only thing you can do is holler, help! Lord, I need your help. And that night, I came down and said, all of you all know me, because I was in your classes. And what they would do, pass the Sunday school book around for all the little children to read. When they got to me, they would say, oh, no, give it to her. And they passed me by. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But I thank God. So I told him, I said, y'all know my condition. You know I'm ignorant. You know I can't read. But one thing else you know about me, you know I'm saved. I'm saved. And they said, come on up, Philip. And I stood there at the altar. Them mothers came. They used to wear, Bishop, them long dresses with them big old shoes. But they would stand there and them big ugly shoes. That's what I wanted to say. And they stand there in front of you. And one of them hit, hit me in the head. Another one pushed me back. And they were pushing me and pulling me. And then they went in their pocket and they got me this little bottle of oil. And they said, tomorrow, Philip, when you take this test, they, you see, y'all complain because you get a little, little oil on your St. John. They didn't, they didn't dab you. They came from way back here. And when they got to you, half the oil was in the air. And they anointed you. But I'm telling you something, that was a real anointing. And when I, they said, don't eat nothing, go to take your test, take this little oil with you. He said, Philip, put a little on your paper, put some on your head, and put some on your belly. It's something about that belly. Because he said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And let me tell you, I got in there. It was, it was 25 men with briefcases and satchels, all educated scholars. And here I am in a pair of blue coveralls. Jonathan, the junk man, the garbage man. I'm sitting there, but I had something that they didn't have. Because I heard him say, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And if God be for you, he's more than the world against you. I took my oil, put it on me. 
The lady said, you got 25, 30 minutes on this section. She turned the clock, and I'm sitting there, and the clock is ticking. It gets down to 25 minutes, and I haven't even picked up my number two pencil. But I begin to tell God, I said, you let me come in here with all of this wisdom. You let me sit in the midst of all of these talented men. And you're a great God. And I just want to say thank you for letting me be in this room. By that time, I felt the quickening. I said, oh, you're here. You're here. Thank you for coming to see about me. By that time, I heard the Holy Ghost said, Mark Box A. I said, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. He said, D-C-B-A-F. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. A-F-G-N-D. I said, yes, Lord. G-D-A-C-B. Yes, Lord. When I finished, I set the pencil down. The clock went off. That song came to me and said, he may not come when you want him, but he's an old-time God. Come on, tell him thank you today. They went to algebra, geometry, and trig. They said, here's your instruction. Find the radii of a circle, multiply it by the circumference, and then multiply it by pi hour square. I said, pi? The only pi I knew about was sweet potato pie. That's the only pie I knew of. But the Holy Ghost said, CDB, AFC, GND, AFC, DNB, CNE. Hallelujah. 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 I went through that whole test, closed my book. And the Lord said, now, geometry, don't think it's strange that I know the answer to geometry problem. He said, because look at a spider. There's one in here walking the rafters right now. He falls all the way down till you walk into his web. He falls his own security. He attaches himself to nothing. He hangs from nowhere and hallelujah. And he webs a web on his own. Don't need no instructions, no building permit. Just build it wherever he wanted. And then when he get through building it, there's every angle in that spider's web that is known to a geometrist. So if God can give this information to a spider, and you're far greater than a spider, God can give you the answer to every problem you can ever have. Yeah, I looked at that spider. He sitting back there in the web. He done webbed himself a web. And then he sits back in, in the hole and he waits. He waits for room service. Fly come back. Ah! Get caught in the web. Spider said, well, I'm not really hungry right now. I'll come get him a little bit later. He'll stay there. And an hour later, he come out. Well, I guess I'll eat. And they had room service for the spider. God brought me so in that test. I passed everything. I came back the next day. They, they said, Mr. Jackson, we scored your test. I said, yes, sir. 
He said, you got 100% on your test. I said, 100 He said, yes. And he said, can you just wait right here for a moment? I'm saying, he better hurry up and get me out of here because I'm finna tear up this man's office. I, I feel a praise coming on. I, I was saying, Lord, please hurry up. Let him come. And he said, I want to tell you this. Anybody that passes this type of test with 100%, we call you a high pot. I said, yes, sir. He said, every six months, we're going to promote you and we're going to give you a raise and increase your salary all over wherever you're going. So six months after they made me a supervisor, I became a full-pledged supervisor. Six months later, assistant general supervisor. Six months later, the general supervisor. Six months later, assistant superintendent of production. Six months later, the production. Each time I'm going from 200 to 400 to 800 to, to 1,000 people. It got me up to about a shift manufacturing manager. Then they came and said, we can't promote you no more, Mr. Jackson. You don't have a degree. I said, it's all right. They said, but we're going to send you to college. I said, oh, Jesus. How are you going to send me to college? And I can't even, I don't have a degree. I don't have nothing. And he said, we're going to pay for your salary just as if you was at work every single day. And we put you in tool and die, manufacturing engineering, because we're going to put you over all of that. Die constructions, electronics, and all of the things pertaining to the manufacturing world. I said, yes, sir. I went to the college to take my entrance exam and failed it. I went to the cafeteria, and there was a gentleman with a donut and a coffee in front of me. He said, oh, I forgot. I don't have my wallet. I said, sir, put him on my bill. He said, you don't know me. I said, I don't have to know you. It's only a dollar and a half. So I paid for his donut and coffee. I went out and sat down. I said, now, how can I tell this general manager and the vice president at Ford Motor Company that I can't even pass the entrance examination? God, how can I do that? By that time, the man came back, Bishop, and he said, what's your name? I said, Phil Jackson. He said, Mr. Jackson, what are you doing here? I said, I'm supposed to take some classes because they want to promote me. I need to know something about quality. I need to understand what a homogeneous process is, and I know, need to understand what a heteroskedasticity process, using sigma and sigma prime with three standard deviations on either side of the mean with double X bar as my guide. I need to know how to do probability predictability studies using six sigma as the base. He said, oh, good, okay. He said, I have the best PhDs here. All of them know this. He said, I said, well, who are you? He said, oh, I'm the dean of the university. <laughs> and about three days later, I had a postcard that says, sorry, Mr. Jackson, you did not meet the academic requirement of Toledo University. Perhaps you take some adult classes in the evening, bring your academic level up to the standard of our university. Thank you for your application. Then there was another card. Congratulations, Mr. Jackson. You've been accepted. University of Toledo classes start Monday morning at 9 o'clock. And I went to college. I never got a grade lower than a B in college. God brought me a long way. And so they came and said, Mr. Jackson, what I want to do, I want to make you the quality systems manager. I see my first lady in my jurisdiction, Mother Sharon. He said, I'm going to make you the quality systems manager. I'm giving you 26 plants, three in Mexico, three in Canada, and the rest in the continental United States. I said, oh God, how can I do this? And they introduced me to a man named Dr. Edward Demings. He's the guru of statistics. 
And he was 92 years old when I met Dick, uh, Dr. Demons. Dr. Demons said, these people are not concerned about what I have, but Mr. Jackson, what I'm going to do for you, I'm going to take you in the cafeteria. We're going to meet every day, and I'm going to teach you everything I know about statistics. I teach statistics dealing with uh, X bar R charts, P charts, NP charts, all kinds of charts, pie charts, all the Pareto analysis. Uh, I, I, God blessed me with the talent to be able to take statistical data and, and to crack it down. And I heard Bishop on the phone one day talking on the conference phone. He said, put the pencil to the paper and let that make the decision on what you're going to do. And I said, that's a, that's a talented man. That's a bright man. You can put the pencil, you, all the talk out, out of your mouth don't mean much of anything. But when you put it on paper, now you're talking. So here we are. Three plants in Mexico. I can't speak no Spanish. Plain land. They say, I got an interpreter and I got a, a car to pick you up at the airport. I go to the meetings in Cuatlan, Mexico, and I'm sitting at the head of the table, and somebody asks me a question, and all I can say is C. All I can say is C. And what I'm saying, C, they don't know I'm not saying just yes. I'm saying C where the Lord have brought me from. Thank you, Jesus. 